It's time for JT the Brick. What's up, JT? Gotta get this win. Get this win. Get one win. If anybody in this organization ever talks about losing in that building, they're gone. If I ever go to a game and my team doesn't care and they mail it in, I'm returning my season tickets. I don't care if you lose the game. You're going to lose, but act like you care. JT the Brick. We're trying to help the Raider fans get through these issues that they can't get through. And they just blame me, some of them, because they think, like, I hired the guys. JT's the guy who moved us from Oakland. JT's the guy who brought in Jimmy G. No, I'm not. I'm just a guy on the microphone from noon to two every day. And now, be ready. Here's JT the Brick. Welcome back, JT, with the hour number two on the flagship of the Silver and Black Raider Nation Radio. 9.20 a.m., Tom Pelissero and Ian Rappaport reporting the Raiders and star running back Josh Jacobs did not reach a deal. Uh, despite extensive negotiations, now it's unclear when he'll show to play on the tag. Uh, that is a breaking news topic on the flagship of an NFL team. Everybody should be commenting on this. This is the biggest topic of the offseason, along with Jimmy Garoppolo's health. So that's And Tyree Wilson's health which we hope to see in training camp too. So when we take a look at this, uh, this is your opinion now, as the Raiders did not come to terms with Josh Jacobs on a deal. Now we can look at this a couple of ways, and a lot of people expected this. I expected it. As I tell you, I get out of the way of people's money. But you could look at this two ways. You could really have a strong phone call about it, very opinionated, or you can act like a bleeping baby. And you can just be negative about it and go crazy. And that's what Twitter's for. That's for the Twitter tough guys to go and do that. Be anonymous and do all that. If you're not anonymous and you want to put your name on it, I got to open the phone lines for you from L.A. to Oakland, Vegas, London, anywhere where you are, you can get through. 702-365-9200. You want glasses half full or you want glass is half empty? Let's do full first. Full is he's a Raider. He's going to be a Raider. He's going to play on this franchise tag. He's not going to pull a Le'Veon Bell. He's not going to walk away from $10 million guaranteed dollars. So that's, you know, he's going to be here. He's going to play with the number here that the Raiders feel comfortable with. The Raiders felt like they were more comfortable as an organization, you would assume, tagging him because that is an asset to the building side. Not to the locker room, to the building side. There's two aspects here. The executives... And the players. And for the franchise tag to be available, it's a weapon to be able to keep an athlete at a price you're comfortable with. They are comfortable with him in that price of $10 million. They were not comfortable with a certain number. Now, they might have been comfortable. I don't know. They might have been comfortable with $24 million over two years. Don't know. They might have been comfortable with twenty-three and a half, And Josh Jacobs might have wanted twenty-five or twenty-six. I don't know. But they didn't get a deal done. They didn't get a deal done with Saquon Barkley and Tony Pollard. So none of the backs got the deals done. So that's where we're at now with the running back position. You're just not going to get a good deal. I try to. I'm a stockbroker by trade. I try to use it more in the stock market than real estate because real estate is more stable than stocks. If you buy homes and real estate, and real estate, you're going to have a, probably a better return consistently long term. But you might get a stock to pop. And you might be able to get a stock at thirty bucks a share that goes to three hundred. And when that happens, normally what people do is sell. They make some money and then they sell and get out of it. What I think is unique about Josh Jacobs is this position group is the strength of the Raiders, right? The strength of the Raiders is running back with Josh Jacobs, Max Crosby at defensive end, 
Devontae Adams at wide receiver and the kicking game, the punter and the kicker. Unfortunately, that's the strength of the team for now. It's the job of Dave Ziegler to make this team stronger at defensive tackle, middle linebacker, right? Another star cornerback. He's going to need money to do that. He's going to either need draft equity or money to do it. So clearly to me, and I'm assuming this, I haven't talked to Dave, I haven't talked to anybody about this, is that they negotiated. I, I Knowing Dave Ziegler just a little bit, I'm positive he negotiated in good faith. They had a number and they couldn't come to terms. And Josh had a number and he didn't like the number. So we'll all act like an adult and move forward on this. But there's no doubt that you have the right to rant on this. If you don't agree with this, look, there's been some big decisions financially over the years. Khalil Mack, the big one. Josh Jacobs here. Derek Carr. They walked away from Derek Carr. Where financially, uh, Derek, Derek wasn't going to put the Raiders out of business. They just wanted to go in a different direction. I don't think they want to go in a different direction here. I think they want to get a deal done with Josh Jacobs. Now, does it help him get a deal done next year? What happens if he has another really good year? There are going to be people saying, well, man, he had two great years in a row. He's probably not going to have third and a fourth. Why pay him on top of that? Or it could, it could turn out that they could look at him again and say, we are, we're going to reward him after another season. It's hard, man. It's hard to be in this business. It's hard. This is football. I don't compare this to life. I got plumbers listening, cops. I got people who are servers in restaurants. I got bartenders listening to this show. They don't understand $10 million a year. But they get it. They get the fact that it's a business, and you could be here tomorrow or you could be gone tomorrow. Josh Jacobs should be here and okay. And I hope that he's I hope he's okay. Now, my indication is is that he's gonna handle this well, but I don't know. So is he gonna handle this well? And as Vinny Bonsignor and others, so we're gonna talk to Vinny probably tomorrow or Wednesday. We usually get him on Wednesday, but I'll I'll talk to Vinny off the off the air about this too. The ability to the ability to stay happy when you know you're undervalued. So I don't know. Is he going to come in more motivated and better shape than last year? He lost some weight last year. That helped him long term. Is he going to come right the week of the first game of the year against Denver? I hope he comes before that. I think they need him here before that. But he was going to want to make sure. So whenever he signs that franchise tag, he comes in and plays. I don't know when he's going to do it. I have no bleeping idea. A lot of people assume it's going to be last possible moment when he has to come and play. And that would be unfortunate because I think the young players that they're building this franchise around, it's nice to have them there. Now the backup running backs are going to have an opportunity to get more touches in the preseason, and we'll cover it there. But I should have more Raider fans now commenting on this on Twitter, at JTTheBrick, 702-365-9200. What is your level of disappointment on this? Or are there some listeners out there that think this was a smart move, think this was the right move? It's a prudent move if you're going to make a winning organization. What would other teams have done in the same situation? Well, I think I can tell you the Giants. I know their situation. They didn't come to terms. So I think in general, most teams in this situation, most, would have let Josh Jacobs play on the franchise tag. Most of them would have, unless they had the money and cap space and the ability to do it. Uh, But for the Raiders, this is an important piece. It's a really good connector with the fans. He's been a great all-time Raider if you look at his numbers historically compared to Marcus Allen and some of the other great running backs who have been here. And I think he's very critical to this season because the Raiders can get away with winning some games with Josh Jacobs 
having a really big game. Let me give you two, let me give you the biggest example of the year. Week two at Buffalo. Here's the big one. I've been waiting to say this, and I was waiting to say it today. Week two at Buffalo, there's going to be a game plan. The game plan is going to be one of two things. Getting a shootout, you know Buffalo's going to try to kick the Raiders' ass. It's their home opener, and you better be ready to throw it. The weather's going to be good, no snow. It's going to be summertime in western New York. Raiders go into Buffalo. Josh McDaniels looks at Devontae, Jimmy G. Everybody says, we're going to have to throw it because we can't stop these guys. And Josh Allen's going to put up 35 on us. Or it's a Josh Jacobs game where you go into the huddle and say, we're going to run the ball. We're going to keep Josh Allen on the bench, and we're going to run it. And we are going to run it 31 times or 24 times with Josh Jacobs getting the majority of the touches. We're going to take the air out of the ball, and we're going to win that way. Super Bowl 25 I went to for the Giants over the Buffalo Bills. guy by the name of O.J. Anderson ran the ball down the throat of the Buffalo Bills. And Jeff Hostetler was the quarterback. He never had to throw it. Threw it a couple times in the game. They, they ball controlled. So Josh is going to play a really big role in two games right out of the gate. And we need him there. Denver, because of the rare air, oxygen-wise, your running back could change the game. Need him in Denver on the road. And need him at Buffalo on the road. Those are two big games. Those are Josh Jacobs games in my mind. Going to need him to be big. But I have no doubt he'll be in shape. He'll be a pro about it. I just don't know when he's going to report, and no one else does. Dave Ziegler doesn't. I doubt it. Josh McDaniels doesn't, unless Josh said to him, hey, man, thanks for negotiating with me. It came down to the wire. I'll see you next week. I doubt that's going to happen. So there's a lot of tweets coming in at JT the Brick. If you don't want to call, you can hit me up on Twitter. And, again, for the fans who are getting crazy here and the fans who are going to make it personal and use this as an opportunity to pounce on the GM – I don't think that's warranted because a lot of GMs are doing the same thing. I mean, don't make it personal. A lot of GMs are doing the same thing. They're having their players play on the franchise tag. I think they're more upset in New York because Daniel Jones got the franchise tag. Here, at least, the Raiders said goodbye to Derek Carr. They wanted to go in a different direction. I think Derek Carr is as good as Daniel Jones, if not better. And Daniel Jones got a long-term contract, and Saquon Barkley's getting franchise tagged. There's a lot of animosity and bitterness, I think, in New York. Raider Dave in Denver. Always good to hear from you, Dave. What's happening? Hey, man, we all know that Josh was the best in the NFL and the run game did well with their front line. But Josh Jacobs plays a huge role in McDaniel's levels passing concept offense that has vast short-range versatility. That indeed fits Jimmy's arm. And subpar pass blocking, unfortunately, that isn't really deep. Also, Levels helps the screen game. And with younger linemen, that could be more in play than last year when the coaching staff couldn't decide for five games what to have as solid starters on the line. Josh was the hero. And if Raider Nation didn't like the dink and dunk of Gruden's West Coast design and called out Carr for being a check-down QB, they're going to hate what happens this year with a QB that doesn't have an accurate long ball. In order for this McDaniels control, ball control offense to be effective, third and short has to be the result. If you don't get that, you don't get that at all without a yards-after-contact type of player at Josh Jacobs. I don't mind Josh setting out the training camp. He'll come back in shape and ready. Maybe this will give all the other guys a better look and, and you know, mm-hmm. better to be lathered up, you know, when they get into the season to back up Josh. But what I question is the dedication to the tight window we have with all these weapons, assuming Renfro's not traded away. Why can't a two-year deal for 22 mil full of incentives to reach that and maybe 70 80% guaranteed be the thing here? We'll find out. 
this offense will not have a loaded box like it did last year. It will have an O-line that has more continuity, no doubt. But depth, like I say, is, like, is the problem with the rest of the league as well as the Raiders. It's only one thing to make the playoffs. But if you don't have a good run game that complements a ball control approach, you will not make a deep run in bad weather. With the weapons on offense and the improved defense, there is no reason Mark Davis doesn't want to have and make the most of this tight window right now. It has to be a win-now season. This is not the time for penny-pinching with Josh Jacobs. He is the key to keeping defensive packages from changing on third down and short and letting McDaniels have the whole playbook at his arsenal. Now, if Jacobs gets the deal muddied or he gets traded, it's telling to me, along with a fragile quarterback and the 50-50 chance of a starting rookie, that the Raider brass is flipping a coin on consideration of wallowing through a sub-500 season to take aim at the best quarterback in decades to come out of the draft. Finally, of course, the Cardinals will be lucky to win four games, and it looks like they already have that pick, but totally bites that some of the the Raider nation is realizing, like myself, the razor-thin edge between a great season and failing miserably, and the direction they ultimately go with Josh Jacobs will say a hell of a lot. Yeah, excellent phone call. Thank you. I don't agree with all of it, but I agree with a lot of your points here. I think the difference between the Raiders shocking the world and having a big season and being on the verge of being a playoff team and hunting around the playoffs is Josh Jacobs. I totally agree with that. I think that Josh Jacobs can give this team with Devontae, Hunter, Tucker, Jacoby Myers, uh, Michael Mayer, the ability to be really, really good on offense. And I know that Josh Jacobs is going to be here, so I'm not panicking. Now, if, if we get to the point where Josh Jacobs gets traded, then that's a different scenario. Then that's a completely different radio show. And if it gets to the point where Josh Jacobs goes on the record and says, I want out, and he's upset about this, which I don't think he will, but there's a possibility, then that's a different radio show. But as of today, you know, he's going to sign the franchise tag. The Raiders failed to lock him up on a long-term deal, a long-term deal as most people expected. Most non-fans, NFL insiders, didn't expect him to get this deal. And I would hope that the relationship isn't muddied and the relationship with the agent, the player, the GM, the head coach, and the owner is all on the up and up. Vinny Bonsignor, Josh Jacobs, and Saquon Barkley were unable to come to terms with the Raiders or the Giants on long-term deals. Each is scheduled to play or not on terms of 10.09 million franchise tags. Complicating matters, that's $10 million. That $10 million is more than the 16 teams will pay their entire running back rooms. Tough time for running backs. So a lot of people just aren't paying running backs anymore, and that's when it happened with Josh Jacobs on his watch, which is very unfortunate. So as other people are just saying, hey, the Raiders, the Raiders blew it, Raiders blew it, they didn't blow anything. Raiders are running a business, and they're trying to make the right business decision. Now, hopefully, we have some access, which we have, good access to Dave Ziegler, and he'll give us the point, not the keys to the deal personally. He's not going to do that, but on what the Raiders can do with this money and how they're going to spend the rest of the money. they got to get some other players. They have the ability to trade other players, and I think Josh Jacobs is a cornerstone of this organization now. He's just too good for him not to be out on the field. And if he is on the field and he's in shape, I'm expecting him to come in in a big way. Opens up a line for you. i got about 45 minutes left. This is supposed to be the vast Raider Nation on their flagship. Just found out that Josh Jacobs did not get a long-term deal. Everybody should be chiming in on this. 702-365-9200. At Twitter, at JT the Brick. 
Bill Barnwell from ESPN was talking about this. This is from a day or two ago leading up to this when he was asked about the potential of Jacobs getting a deal. Yeah, I mean, you can't argue with the production, right, in terms of what he did last year. You know, that was not a, a great season for the Raiders, but he was the brightest spot for a player who looked like they might be moving on from before the year. They declined his fifth-year option, as you mentioned. They they play him in the preseason with the backups, almost like an insult, almost like a, like, like a motivating thing to try and get the best out of Josh Jacobs. And he has a career year, so... Um, what that tells me is that this franchise didn't see him as a cornerstone player before last season. And last year matters, of course, but I think more so than Saquon Barkley, it feels like unless the, the Raiders franchise really caves in that they're going to go year to year and say, Hey, you know, we didn't see you as this kind of player before last year, prove it mm. to us again. And then maybe we'll get a deal done. Yeah. That's an interesting point here. I think he is a cornerstone player and we were telling you last year, he wasn't going into the Jacksonville preseason game in Canton, Ohio, he had to play in that game. He wasn't the cornerstone of that team. If he would have got hurt at the Hall of Fame game in Canton, Ohio, that would have been it. They put him out there. What were they doing? Were they shopping him or not? I don't know. At that time, we were there. I did the sidelines. We were talking Cliff. Everybody's there. I was on the sideline pregame. That's the day I met Josh McDaniels because I didn't get a chance to meet him at the press conference, and we met there. And I looked at this, and so Josh Jacobs is warming up in Canton? What's going on here? And then he had an unbelievable year. I I thought they were right. I thought they were right not to pick up his fifth-year option. I wouldn't have. They came from the Patriots. They didn't know him. They didn't see him practice. They didn't see his work ethic. They didn't know him personally. They wanted to evaluate him. So they didn't pick up the fifth-year option. But I didn't think that Josh would play that well. I talked about that all year. Every time I was on the air, I mentioned, I am blown away by the way that he is playing. And the fact that he deserves to get a new contract now. Adam Schefter, with no long-term deals for Saquon Barkley, Josh Jacobs, and Tony Pollard. The last time a running back signed a long-term contract worth $10 million or more per year was Nick Chubb in 2021. That's 716 days ago. 716 days ago. Saquon Barkley just tweeted. Woo! Saquon Barkley, it is what it is. That's it, and I hate that term. It stinks for radio. It is what it is, but that's what people tweet. That's what the word is. Uh, No, nothing from Josh Jacobs. I think Josh's last tweet was a retweet from six days ago. So we'll wait to hear his reaction here. And again, what we all want in the Raider Nation is no bitterness. But could there be bad blood or anger or people not happy about this? Absolutely. That's why Sports Radio is here, to help clean it up. 702-365-9200. When we come back, more from Bill Barnwell. And we'll tell you about that and what's coming up. We have the contest coming up. I'll get to that before the end of the show. You know how that works. We have a great contest here every day in the summer of fun. Coming back to that. But uh, be the first on the other side to react to the news Josh Jacobs will have to play on the franchise tag. If he plays, it's on the franchise tag. Are you good with that in the Raider Nation? Brought to you by the Castaverde Law Group, our guys. I can say, say this, okay? 
God blessed me as he has blessed no other defensive player. He didn't seem blessed at times in his rookie year. Raiders coach John Madden made him a cornerback, a position he had never played. I thought that coach uh, John Madden was was insane. He takes the uh, number one safety in the entire 77 draft uh, and does not even give me an opportunity to play strong safety. He's adapted and soon thrived to the extent that he made five Pro Bowl teams and now is eligible for the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Lester Hayes, turn it up. You got to talk about Lester today. We are building the all-time Raiders cornerback room. Who do you have there? Tweets are coming in at JT the Brick. And also the breaking news, Josh Jacobs and the Raiders did not agree on a contract extension. Be the first to react on the Raiders flagship station on the Josh Jacobs news. He will have to play on the franchise tag for $10.01 million. 702-365-9200. 702-365-9200. Maybe you don't think that's a big story. You want to get back to the cornerbacks. Uh, how does uh, Josh react to this? I don't know. We live in a world now of social media, and we're going to find out. We're going to find out on social media. Or I'm assuming, you know, he doesn't have to show up now. He doesn't have to show up, and camp is right around the corner in less than 10 days. Rookies report first. So we'll see. This is more about where the sport is at the running back position. And that this bothers me. I, I grew up in a running back era. I grew up in the era of Walter Payton, Emmett Smith, Barry Sanders, Eric Dickerson, the greats of the greats. They got paid, and they stayed for years. And even when they were slowing down, you didn't cut them. They were still on your team. You kept your running back a while. Not anymore. Not anymore that these running backs, unfortunately, can get replaced pretty quickly, but I don't think you can replace the great ones. And Josh is a great one. I think he led the league in rushing last year. We know he did. It's tough to replace a guy. Uh, can we see a, num- a young player come in here and go for 1,000 yards? Of course. You know, Zamir White could come in and get you 1,100 yards, but will it be the quality yards of Josh Jacobs? So the three running backs were the only players who received their franchise tag not to have reached a long-term contract extension. So that upcoming number is $10.09 million. And Barkley is okay. Again, he tweeted, it is what it is. Because they're unsigned, Barkley and Jacobs cannot be fined for not attending training camp, which begins for veterans for the Giants and Raiders on July 25th. Jacobs is not expected to report to training camp with the rest of his team. Uh, Adam Schefter reported that earlier today. It's also not known whether Barkley plans to report to training camp. Barkley and Jacobs would lose money only if they miss regular season games and forfeit forfeit those game checks. Now, as we said earlier in this, how does a tight end get more money? I don't think I wouldn't have franchise tagged Evan Ingram, and I wouldn't have paid him this. I thought that Evan Ingram in the past was a player that I wouldn't have locked all in on and given him this type of money. But the reason he's getting it, I believe, is because the Jaguars think they're a, a Super Bowl contending team. Remember, they beat the Chargers last year with one of the great comebacks in NFL playoff history. So Evan Ingram's deal was up. They franchise tagged him, and they said, man, it's better for us. It's better for us to give him money. And last year, Evan Ingram had 73 receptions for 766 yards and only four touchdowns. Four touchdowns. And he was franchise tagged and got a new deal? How the hell does that happen? That doesn't make much sense to me in either way. So for Josh Jacobs, I thought we'd have more Josh Jacobs supporters calling in today. I really did. I carved the show out for that here. We don't have any guests. 
I'm going to get back to the cornerbacks in a second, but are you a believer? Are you a believer that Josh Jacobs will take this move and take it not so much as a positive, but come in and do something special still? What are your expectations on how Josh Jacobs reacts to this news today, which he probably saw coming at 702-365-9200? Cisco tweets in, JT, my all-time corners, no question. Charles Woodson, Lester Hayes, Willie Brown, and Mike Haynes. That sounds fair. That's mostly what I'm getting. Those are the top four. He goes through his others, Skip Thomas, Terry McDaniels, Eric Allen, Namdi Asamoah. Albert Lewis, to name a few, and that's what I'm looking for and I need at this point. I need to find out who are some of these players that you're going to put in there, and you're going to put in there from four to eight or five to eight that you think are worthy of that. And then the other ones will try to fit in here. We'll look to put them in as an honorable mention as we have this great list here that's being built, and Willie Brown seems to be the name that I'm hearing more and more and more of. Uh, Nehemiah Wilson, clearly another player. Uh, as I've known the name, and I went back and did the work on Dave Grayson, uh, the cornerback, uh, came into the league and came in with the Dallas Texans, Kansas City Chiefs, then came to the Oakland Raiders from 65 to 70, a two-time AFL champion, one with Kansas City, one with the Raiders, fourth-time first-team All-Pro, and a six-time AFL All-Star. And he was on the AFL all-time team at cornerback, and listen to this stat for Dave Grayson. The AFL all-time leader in interceptions with 47. He played 139 games and had 48 interceptions. That's a big-time number. That's a huge number. Back in the day when they mostly ran the ball. Got to remember that. Albert Lewis, another former Raider. He started with Kansas City, played a long career there. Uh, came to the Raiders, L.A., Oakland Raiders, 94-98. to Four-time Pro Bowler. He's in the Kansas City Chiefs Hall of Fame. A first-team All-Pro twice. Uh, both times he did that with Kansas City. He had 42 interceptions. And the name I mention a lot, Eric Allen. Eric Allen came to the Raiders, and he ended his career with 54 total interceptions. 54. I think if you have over 53, you should be in the Hall of Fame. That's why I'm always pushing for him. I'm always pushing for Eric Allen in the Hall of Fame because of that enormous number. Raiders had a lot of cornerbacks that fit the bill. They had at least 20 to 25 cornerbacks, as I went through my notes today before the show, that were recognizable and players that you could talk about for decades to come. And Dr. Death, Skip Skip Thomas, and being on Soul Patrol with Atkinson and Tatum and Willie Brown and Soul Patrol 1 and Soul Patrol 2 and the impact that Skip Thomas had in the defensive secondary, a huge impact in Raider history. 702-365-9200. As we continue with John, he's out in Laguna Hills. Hello, John. Hey, how you doing today, JT? Good, thank you. So I think a lot of people aren't calling because, I mean, we all as fans saw it coming. Mm -hmm. Um, He wasn't their guy. I mean, you know, it is, like Saquon said, it is what it is, you know. Mm -hmm. They they sent him out there. They they denied his fifth-year option, and it kind of blew up in their face because he went out and led the league in Russia, and now it's, you know, now we're at this point. Um, well, you say he. You say he. Well, hold on. You say he wasn't their guy. No one was their guys. They 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 came in and took over this team from Mike Mayock and John Gruden. So no one was their guys. And I think they went on record. Both I, I know he's Dave's been on record with me and Josh McDaniels on record with me hosting the coaches show that they love the kid. 
and they really like him a lot. So I think this came down to a money situation more so than they're not his guy. I don't think they're looking for another running back to replace Josh Jacobs. I just think they're trying to spend the money wisely and take advantage of the franchise tag. Yeah, I can agree with that because, let's face it, there were a couple bad deals, you know, uh, last year that they made. I think they overpaid Chandler. I mean, Mm -hmm. he came on and had his spots, but, you know, they overpaid for what we got. Um, And then the whole Darren Waller and... uh, Hunter Renfro. Yeah, you know, they just, they had the potential, but, you know, it didn't pan out. So it was was a bad luck deal. So I kind of get that part, but I think they're just, they're on the back foot with that, and they don't want to set, they don't want to reset the market. So... Well, that's another interesting point. You make a very interesting point because Saquon didn't get his deal done, and they didn't get a deal done with Tony Pollard, who had much less of an impact than Josh Jacobs, in my opinion, is that they didn't want to reset the market. Whatever number they would have agreed on, if they agreed to terms with Josh Jacobs or the same thing with Saquon, would have set the market going forward, and that's a very good point by you. They didn't want to reset the market. Yeah, so hopefully you know, they can work something out. Uh, He signs a franchise tag, Mm -hmm. and they can figure something out. Well, Later on in the season. Yeah, he'll, he'll appreciate the goal. He'll sign the franchise tag. This is not going to be a Le'Veon Bell situation. Okay? Uh, they're talking about it right now on ESPN. He'll play under the franchise tag. He had 2,053 scrimmage yards last season, which was first in the NFL. Lewis Riddick is speaking now on ESPN. I'm interested in this audio. We'll try to find the audio to hear what he has to say on this issue. But it is a very important time now. And, look, I, I look at this franchise tag – as good and bad. It's bad for the player. It's really great for an organization. An organization that wants to use the money and spread it out at other positions. Clearly, that's what's happening here in Las Vegas. Dave in Vegas. How are you, Dave? Uh, doing well. Thanks, JT. So, uh, called about uh, Josh Jacobs. You know, here's my big concern with it. Is if we assume, uh, like it's being reported, that Josh Jacobs is not going to show up for training camp, that means, and again, depending on what Jimmy G is able to do in training camp, we could potentially be seeing Devontae, Jimmy G, and Josh Jacobs all getting their first live snaps together on week one. And that is a cause for concern to me. We're talking about three guys who are you're hoping can take this team to a decent level yeah. this year, and they're going to be have to figure it out week one. You know, and again, you got Jimmy G moving back into McDaniel's system, hasn't thrown any real live balls to Devontae. We don't know the status on his health. Mm-hmm. And now Josh Jacobs is not going to be getting any handoffs or working any kind of communication yeah. with Jimmy G, the offensive line, those are important. I know people like mm. to downplay training camp and preseason, things like that, but they exist for a reason. And I think that you know we could potentially see some real mishap at the beginning of the year if those guys somehow aren't able to get on the same page by the time we're ready to rock. Well, football. we didn't see Derek throw Devontae at all in the preseason other than their practices. And well, nothing, nothing leads me to believe that Jimmy Garoppolo isn't going to be available for practice, let alone week one. So, yeah, if it turns out two weeks from now I'm sitting here and Jimmy Garoppolo failed the physical or isn't available, that's a good phone call. But as of now, I think he's going to get all the work there. And I'm not worried at all with the quarterback chemistry with the running back exchange. I mean, Garoppolo had really good running backs in San Francisco. But you make a good point. I, I, I like chemistry. I'm going to be involved, you know, as I am every year in the preseason broadcast, and that's going to be a big topic, is how many reps are you going to give these guys in the preseason with Denver and Buffalo right out of the gate? You'd like to see them playing in these dual workouts that they're going to have with the Niners and the Cowboys. You want to see that type of work come in. I'd like to see some routes run in the preseason and some chemistry there. If a guy gets hurt right. in the preseason, it's a fluke. I'd like to see these guys get some work, and you make a good point. 
last thing, JT, if you don't mind, yeah. my only mm-hmm. counterpoint to that would be we heard that even even when the Devontae was playing with Green Bay, he and Derek Carr were still linking up over summers, working mm. on routes, throwing the ball. So, so my counterpoint to that would be, no, they didn't have any live reps together, but they did play together in college. They, they were playing over the years together during the summer. So I believe that did help them, you know, even though they didn't play any preseason, that helped their chemistry, that helped their timing coming to week one. And it worries me. It worries me that Jimmy G and Devontae won't have that because they don't have the history that Derek Carr and Devontae Adams had together. Yes. Good, very good phone call. Like very that. good phone call. Look, again, I'm not worried. I've been doing this a while. I'm not worried. Am I concerned? Yeah, I'm a little bit concerned. I don't know how Josh Jacobs is going to react to this. I'm hoping he's going to react like a pro. I mean, the guy's not playing for free. He's going to get $10 million guaranteed. That's a nice number. That's about the number now for the market. I know that Josh Jacobs understands that the market isn't high, just like real estate. You know the market isn't high. Your wife, your partner, if you're a woman listening, your husband isn't going to freak out when you say, I want to, sign, I want to sell the house for $1.5 million, and the realtor goes, it isn't even worth a million. What do you mean you want to sell it for 1.5? There's no market for that. So I look at it as a business calculation. And the problem is a business calculation could be a really bad decision for both parties. And that you better believe that's worth talking about on the radio. I'm pro Raiders. I want this team to win. But you better believe that that's a fair call to make, that if this team doesn't have great chemistry with the running back position, with the quarterback and Devontae, what else do they have? They're not going to win games on defense a lot. Max is going to make plays. They're going to make some plays. They're going to, I think they're going to be improved defense under Patrick Graham's system in year two, but they're not going to dominate by any means and take over this league with the defensive talent they have. The offense is key to this team with an offensive play caller who's won six Super Bowls. You better believe the chemistry better be great. James Owen tweets in, uh, JT, I don't see Jacobs missing one regular season game. But here is what I think could be the money impasse. Number one, reduce role. Carries in a McDaniels multi-back role. Number two, Zamir White. Is it his time for a bigger role? Number three, the reasons about how you restrict what you pay. Yeah, I think that has everything to do with that. And now they're trying to figure out the money here going on. A lot of fans want to react to this. 702-365-9200. Also, in a little bit, when we come back, we'll talk about the cornerbacks One more time, tomorrow I'll open up the show with new Josh Jacobs sound from around the league, and then we'll have the winner, not the winners, it's not a contest, we have a contest coming up, but we'll have the list of the top four cornerbacks all time and the four reserves. I'll give you who I have in that conversation coming up here as we wrap it up on the other side. So we've been having the summer of fun. This is a great, great contest here. And coming up here, you'll be qualified to win four tickets to an Aviators game and have a shot at winning the weekly grand prize. Get this. This week is a seven-day Alaska cruise for two. Or you can take 3000 in cash. Take the trip or take the cash. It's the summer of fun. The ninth caller right now, 702-365-9200. Get qualified so I can get up back to my cornerback conversation and we can keep it rolling here. Modelo. God, I had my buck in the Modelo on Friday. Almost thought about having a few yesterday when it got to 115 in my backyard brick. Enough of this 115, man. Let's get let's stay around 110, 111 and avoid these 115, 16s. We don't need we don't need any more of that.
JT, man, I, I'm over the moon right now. I mean, who would have guessed, you know, years and years ago that uh, I would be in this position? You know, I, as a young player and as a young person, I wanted to play in the National Football League, and I wanted to be in the media. And, and again, both those dreams have come true. But the Raiders, to be able to be in the same organization that I played with, with the great Marcus Allen, who I loved, and we all talked about the story about Cliff Branch, that's the reason why I wore 21, and before that I wore 25 because of Freddie B and Billy Brown and Charles Woodson and all those great memories, and they do. This is one of the one organizations in all of sports that really value and take care of their alumni. Eric Allen, man. You better believe Eric Allen's a name we got to talk about. Eric's great. He's one of the best human beings I've ever met. I'm proud to work with him, and he won an Emmy Award. He just got an Emmy Award recently for some of the TV work he did for Silver and Black Productions. So really happy about Eric, and you'll be hearing a lot of Eric and Lincoln Kennedy, myself, Q, everybody who's involved with our preseason coverage here. Uh, great list from Fabian. Uh, Fabian tweets in at Raiders2K. He says, JT, here's my list. Charles Woodson, Willie Brown, Mike Haynes, Lester Hayes. Top four. I agree with that. His next group is Eric Allen, Namdi Asamoah, Skip Thomas, and Terry McDaniel. Wow. That's a great list. I agree with the four. As we open up the show tomorrow, I'll tease ahead my four greatest cornerbacks of all time, in no particular order, will be Willie Brown, Mike Haynes, Lester Hayes, and Charles Woodson. Those are the four greatest Raider corners of all time. Then the next group, I'm going to put Skip Thomas on a Dr. Death. I really am. I'm going to put him on the list because of the impact that he had in big games for the Raiders for a long time. And Terry McDaniel was a great player. He's got to be on the list. That leaves just two openings for the rest. And there's a lot. Namdi, Namdi, I don't know if I'm going to have Namdi on that all-time list or Kent McLuhan or who's going to be there. You know, I, I got a, Eric Allen or Namdi. Well, Namdi had maybe more dominant years with the Raiders. Namdi Asamoah was nowhere near the player that Eric Allen was. Nowhere near the player. But he had a better Raider career in the short term when he was a shutdown guy. But Eric played for a very short period of time. Namdi played longer. So it's tough to leave Namdi Asamoah off the list because they didn't throw at him. And that's the ultimate sign of respect. As we're taking a look at the corners here and covering what's happening with Josh. And again, I didn't expect him to get this. But I didn't do radio show after radio show after radio show saying he should get it or won't get it. I, you know, I just stay in my lane and I, you know, I didn't think he was going to get I didn't. I think he deserved it. I just didn't believe that where the Raiders are financially, as they try to reconstruct this roster, that they were going to pay a premium at the running back position. I don't know. Do I agree with that? I got to hear more about what they offered. I want to know: Did they lowball them, where the money was not even what Josh thought was respectable, or did they give him a number that they thought was respectable and Josh just turned it down because he wanted more? I got to get that information first. More from Bill Barnwell on the running backs and the market here and what's happening. It's really changing. You know, I think the big difference for me between this year and years past is we're seeing kind of these veteran backs lose their second contracts quicker. I mean, these guys, it feels like they're older than they are. Delvin Cook, uh, Ezekiel Elliott, those guys are 27, 28 years old. I mean, that's still the prime of your career at most positions. So uh, I, I do think 
we're going to see that, that, that sort of second contract come into some question about what, what kind of guarantees there are, how long those guarantees are. You know, maybe instead of three, three years of guaranteed money on those deals, maybe you're going to get two years of guaranteed money on those second contracts. But what we still haven't seen, to me, I think the, like the real point of no return, the point where I think the NFL will have gone too far, is if you have a player who really excels on his rookie deal at running back, when if, who the NFL team says, ah, we're good, we're just going to move on. That hasn't happened yet. Like your Alvin Kamara's of the world, your Dalvin Cooks, all those guys got second deals. And the guy that stands out to me right now is Jonathan Taylor, where Jonathan Taylor is a superstar when he's healthy. Obviously, he was the, the driving force for the Colts in 2021 and injuries last year, but still a very good player. If they come out after his contract comes up and says, ah, we're good, we're going to move on, I think that's the the real drastic shift for me. But so far, we have not seen a team be willing to do that. And I don't think that's going to go over well when it happens. Yeah, I don't either. Bill Barnwell's a really sharp guy on the issues here surrounding the league and the running back market going forward. And I would pay Josh Jacobs. I think he's a cornerstone player here because I think he fits the McDaniel system really perfectly because it sets up play action. It gives the ability to run for first downs and for Jimmy Garoppolo to spread the field a little bit more. I think it's very important for Jimmy Garoppolo or Derek Carr if he was still here. I think Josh is very important to the quarterback. Unless you have a quarterback like Mahomes, which we don't, unless you have a quarterback like Burrow, which we don't, unless you have a quarterback like Justin Herbert, who we don't, who can do it all on their own and don't need a running back to be dominant. The Raiders have a dominant running back from last year. And a guy who played, I think, beyond it. Well, he played to his ability because he had a great year. You know, I want to say he played beyond his ability. But I think that Josh can sit out for a while here. And I think things can calm down. And maybe they're calm already. And then everybody come back and he's ready to go to start the season. But I know a lot of Raider fans are going to do. The last thing I want to be, Bobby, because I'm not good at it, is the Twitter police. Because most people, not all of them, most people on Twitter are nice. Some of the people who make the loudest noise are the anonymous trolls that get me going, get you going, get everybody going. And they will fuel this as negativity. They will put up a tweet that is negative. They will do something negative on this instead of saying, well, you know, it's a business decision. Hopefully he's in here, blah, blah, blah. That's what doesn't happen on Twitter. It's one extreme or another. Of course, you got to remember one thing. This isn't about common sense and logic when you're on Twitter. It's about <laughs> going for the biggest laughs. It's about going for the most offensive thing you can say some, to get some. other people to respond and whatnot. Yeah. That's well, they what get they me. Do. Oh, they get me going. Don't get in. Don't slide into my DMs because I go right back. The funniest thing is when you go back at someone who says something heinous about you, and then you answer them directly back. They go crazy. Well, yeah, you can say something heinous about someone, football-related, non-football-related, personal. And then when you answer him back, they go nuts. Oh, and boys and girls, let me tell you, he will answer you back. Oh, I will. This I is will. no lie. He will jump back on you. Because they don't, they're not at the torch. They, you know, that's why. I got to do it. Uh, quickly, one more thing. We get to Steph Curry. Steph Curry had a hole-in-one at the American Century, and he won the tournament with an eagle. This was incredible. It's obvious he can really play. Boy, this is right at it if it gets there. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, Raj, all I'll say is this. I think he pulled the right club. It's Steph Curry of the American Championship, courtesy of NBC. That was pretty special. 
to watch. And then he made the eagle putt. And one of the worst things that happened, that can happen, as a golf tournament. Steph Curry's on the tee on the 18th, trailing Marty Fish. Marty Fish, who has anxiety problems, had to leave the sport of tennis, which he was very good at. He wasn't like Federer and Djokovic. But he had to leave because he had panic attacks. He's on the 18th hole in his backswing. Someone screamed. And he yacked the ball into the woods. It was disgusting. Now, did Steph Curry win because of that? He might have. Here's why. If Fish puts his drive where he did in the whole time down the middle, he's going to get on in two and have an eagle putt, too, or a birdie putt. And he didn't have that because he had to dig out of his first shot, and Steph ended up winning. But Steph won fair and square because Steph made an amazing putt for eagle to come in and win. All right, Q's on deck. He's going to have a big show on what's happening with Josh Jacobs, I can promise you. He's podcasting about it and talking about it. Josh Jacobs did not reach a multi-year deal with the Las Vegas Raiders. You'll hear about that and any breaking news that has to go on with this on the flagship of the Silver and Black. Thanks to Bobby for putting the show together. Man, I got a busy week. Every uh, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Mad Dog from 9 a.m. to noon. Raider Nation noon to 2 without a time to breathe. But I like it that way. It's summertime radio. Tomorrow we'll lead the show with the quarter uh, cornerback selections, top four, four reserves, and then we'll get into the safeties. Hey, everybody, get your notes together on the greatest safeties of all time as we build the Raiders' all-time team on Raider Nation Radio.